Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode of Reach is brought to you by our sponsor, Jackie, another secret weapon that executive assistants and women who do it all need to know about. You guys all know that feeling, right? Staring at your closet and thinking to yourself, I have so many clothes and yet nothing to wear. That is why Jackie is here. Jackie is a high-end boutique subscription styling service that you apply to join. What I love about Jackie is you get to develop a relationship with your stylist. Your stylist is someone you can text or call or email with specific wardrobe needs or ideas you have. Or maybe there's an upcoming event or trip or meeting or even a wedding that your ex is going to be at that you really, really, really want to look fantastic for. Those are exactly the types of scenarios a Jackie subscription can help with. Each box from Jackie is filled with high quality clothing and accessories. Jackie is here to help all of us embrace our style and our confidence. This is subscription styling done right for the women who do it all. So apply to join Jackie and fall in love with your style this year. Visit shopjackie.com to apply to join and be sure to tell your stylist Maven sent you with code MAVEN20 for 20% off all the items kept in your first box. Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hello and welcome to another special edition episode of Reach. I am your host, founder, and CEO of Maven Recruiting Group, Jessica Van, and I am joined with Jill Lopez, our Director of Accounts and Growth here at Maven Recruiting Group. Welcome, Jill. Thanks, Jessica. Excited to be on our show. We are remote by uh, virtue of the situation that all of us are collectively facing right now. Um, Jill is in Southern California. I'm here in San Francisco, and we are doing this via (laughs) a remote recording. So if the sound quality is not up to our usual level of uh, standard, hopefully you can uh, understand and forgive us. So in today's episode of Reach, we're going to be tackling all of your COVID-19 related questions and concerns, Q&A style, and I'm going to add a, a little gorilla style, right? This is, this is a little raw. So if things go, <laughs> if things go a little sideways, <laughs> we are dealing with uh, some unforeseen circumstances. So, you know, doorbells <laughs> may ring, kids may interrupt us. Just We're just going to roll with it, people. Um, but really, the importance and uh, the priority for us in doing this now is that we want to address your very relevant and very legitimate questions Um, And our emphasis is really on doing this in a timely fashion, not in a perfect fashion. So thank you in advance to everyone who submitted your questions um, and and gave us some good ideas of of where we should go with this podcast. Um, I know that many of you who are listening are possibly feeling vulnerable right now. Um, Maybe you were laid off or maybe you're concerned that you're going to be laid off. so our goal is really to, you know, address those those potential fears that you may be fearing or rather having, um, but it's also to give you some direction on how you can provide the best level of support and service as an executive assistant uh, that you possibly can to your executive during this time. 
So this episode is for all of you who may be feeling those things. So here to handle your first question is, as I mentioned, Jill Lopez, our Director of Accounts and Growth. And Jill works directly with our clients, uh, many of whom include our Fortune 500 companies, venture capital firms, tech startups, you name it. So Jill really has a pulse right now on what the market is saying, what the market is doing, and how it's behaving. So with that being said, Jill, why don't you go ahead and lead us into our first question? Yeah, thanks, Jessica. I have been actively connecting with all these industries. So the first question, what are you as recruiters seeing in the job market right now? Will hiring stop? And what types of companies and industries are still hiring in this moment and for what type of positions? Well, as we're all seeing, um, the balance seems to be shifting. It's shifting on recent event, recent news. But overall, we're noticing that it's no longer a candidate's market. You know, just a couple months ago, unemployment was just at a whopping 2% in the Bay Area. And unfortunately, those numbers are drastically different. It's now more of an employer's market. But with that being said, you know, we are seeing, you know, industries who have been unfortunately impacted by COVID-19, like entertainment and the restaurant businesses, but there's still plenty of industries that are flourishing and definitely hiring right now. I mean, the industries that we're seeing are food delivery services like Postmates, EdTech and online education like Udemy, mental health and wellness or counseling and therapy online platforms. Those are booming right now. I mean, we're seeing online and connecting with clients like Simple Habit and Headspace who are offering free services to help people and employees cope with this challenging time. Home exercise, you know, we all have to definitely get some sort of physical yep. movement when we're working remotely. Yep. <laughs> I know, I know, I already, Amazon already got me on my, um, what is it, I ordered the Rad Bowl and the uh, lacrosse balls and two yoga blocks. There you so. go. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's real, it's, yeah. It's so easy to just get glued to your desk when you're working from home. So you definitely have to get your exercise in. That's awesome, Jessica. Home entertainment and streaming. I mean, for all those that are on Netflix and if your company's talking about Love is Blind, um, that's definitely booming right now. And of course, video communication platforms, Zoom. I think all of our clients are on Zoom, if not Zoom, FaceTime to be able to conduct their interview process. And then lastly, we got project management softwares to support the work from home capacity to keep businesses moving. And then, of course, transportation and infrastructure. So all of these industries are still very much hiring. And in terms of what positions they're hiring for, well, since we're speaking to our EA community, Jessica, and as you know, we have delivered a couple of offers this month alone with these yep. types of industries. So people are still hiring. It's just it's the new industries that are supporting the recent changes that are happening right now. Right. And I think for those who, who are looking for, you know, possible um, opportunities right now, really thinking about, you know, kind of following the logic, right? That if people are um, relegated to their homes, you know, what industries are going to support us in place right now? And, and what are the services and amenities and resources that we're likely to be drawing upon? And mm -hmm. you, know, you may have heard this term, the, the, the homebody economy, but it's really, you know, anything that relates to um, all, of, all of the things that we need in the home to maintain a certain uh, quality of life or, or standard. And those are really the industries that we're seeing a lot of traction in. But to your point, Jill, you know, we're absolutely making hires. And 
you know, Jill, I know you just filled a role with one of your clients uh, where the entire process occurred start to finish remotely. So, you know, mm -hmm. this is happening. People are, are, are working through the ambiguity. They're figuring it out. They're getting creative and they're making alternate plans. Exactly, Jessica. And for those clients who are seeking to gain more market share and a reach with an increase of demand for their products, they are really starting to leverage their EAs now more than ever or starting to learn how to best leverage them in a climate like this. Um, because they are adding a lot of value during this time for their teams and for their executives to adjust to the shifts of everything. Yep, agreed. So um, I'm going to go ahead and take the, the second question here, which okay. is, well, before I go ahead and say what the question is, I want to go ahead and preface that I think that if there is any question that one should be asking himself or herself right now in a time like this, this is it. And that is, as an executive assistant, how can I be of the highest service and the highest value to my executive at this time? There were a, a number of people who wrote in with, with concerns or questions about, you know, how do I avoid being part of a layoff or what can I do to reassure myself or um, that, you know, that, I, that, I, that my job is secure or how can I have these types of questions with my executive about whether my job is secure or not. And it seems to us that rather than occupying yourself with the kind of fear and dread mentality and, and you know, um, concerning your, your brain power and your energy toward that type of thinking, that really what you need to be doing is contemplating what can I do to demonstrate how invaluable and how inextricable I am to my executive in this business right now to ensure my place? So because we felt this was such an important question, we, um, we actually went back to all of our podcast guests from uh, the previous episodes, the ones that you have listened to and enjoyed and laughed with and learned from these past five or six months. And we asked them for their advice during this time as to how you as an executive assistant can continue to stay uh, relevant. So um, that being said, we're going to share some excerpts that we thought were really, um, really, really, really on point. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, and I have to say, it was really nice, Jessica, seeing all of our four podcast guests uh, reach out instantly and share these words of advice to the broader EA community. So, really excited to share them with you guys. So, first and foremost, we have Leah Ballard, and Leah emphasized a really good point that every EA does, whether or not they are in the office or working remotely, and it's being the ear to the ground now more than ever for their executives. So attending those virtual coffee dates, attending the optional meetings, because you need to have a pulse on what's happening in your executive's organization right now. How are employees feeling during this time? Are they stressed out? Are there critical projects that require your executive's attention during this time? So, you know, things that you can pay attention to are, are there less attendees at the virtual all-hands meeting than last week? Why is it? Are employees on meeting fatigue? Could the content improve? Now is the time to relay information to your executive because your executive has their attention and energy in other directions to save and push their company moving forward. So you could be adding the most value by serving the ear to the ground now more than ever. 
Yep. Um, Tanya Benvenuto wrote in and said that it's so important right now to understand that the executive's priorities and focus have shifted. So they've got a whole new set of things on their plate. And it's really, really important that you as the executive assistant can help adjust um, to this uncertainty and that you're recalibrating all of the different priorities and objectives that maybe were in existence before, well, they may, they may have a new stack, stack rank now. And so it's really important that you're able to pivot and reprioritize, but also that you keep things normal, um, that you are that safe space for them, you're that space for them to feel vulnerable um, when things are uncertain, and that to the extent that you can control what's in your org and make sure that your ship runs smoothly, make it run smoothly. Meg George and Lauren Richards were on the same wavelength when it comes to advice during this time. And bottom line, you got to support your executive as a whole during this time. If you are an executive assistant and your work didn't have PA work integrated into your job, take it upon yourself, stand out and embrace some of those PA responsibilities. For example, Meg George mentioned, you know, pre-booking grocery deliveries, you know, pre-booking meal deliveries such as dinners and, you know, getting them their special breakfast if they have early meetings, um, offering to arrange for workout equipment or similar to ensure that they're staying physically active, um, allow your executives to have that Space in their calendar to take a break and to be able to release some of the stress and secure positive endorphins by getting just a simple 15-minute walk-in. So it may seem obvious to be able to block out those lunch breaks, meditation blocks, and workout blocks, as Lauren Richards said, but if you aren't used to being remote, which is the grand majority of us, you have to be able to do this in your calendar and schedule it in your calendar. So just take it into consideration that your executive is feeling really drained at this time, and they do need your personal support and your emotional support during this time as well. And these are some ways that you can help them feel a little bit more balanced and less scattered. Uh, Kristen Beetham and Molly McKnight also were on a similar wavelength, which is recognizing that with all of the new responsibilities that people are assuming, right, that the, that the personal and business landscape has radically shifted. And especially if your executives have children, you know, in all likelihood, they're, they're juggling being executives in, in tandem with being school teachers and having to be full-time, you know, care providers to their kids who would normally be in school or in, in daycare. So understand that it may not be feasible anymore for them to hold a standard eight to five business day, right? We may need to think more expansively about um, supporting them holistically. So is it now better for them to do meetings after 6.30 or 7 when their kids are at bath time or winding down for the night? Do they need to do weekend meetings, things like this? Asking those questions and understanding that everything is going to require being thoughtful and also being willing to pivot and adjust um, as, as the needs of your executive dictate. I love that you use the word holistic support, Jessica. I think that is key right now, now more than ever. Um, and also the theme that I saw from all of these executive assistants is just being very proactive and having active touch points and live conversations with your executive now more than ever. Because, you know, you can absolutely send text messages to your team and to your executive or a quick Slack chat you got to hear how your executives are feeling during this time. So make it a priority to schedule those cadence calls to be able yep. to hear how they're feeling. 
Yep. I think Lizaya Feeler, another one of our podcasters, also said, you know, the importance of implementing a, uh, a daily Zoom call. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it could be quick, right? It could be 15 or 20 minutes daily. But if you haven't already done this, make sure you get something on the calendar. Those touch points are essential. Ro, in her endlessly positive uh, way, wrote in that her greatest value right now is really just staying, staying calm, staying positive and not missing the blind spots as much as she possibly can. Um, and LJ recommended that you keep a, LJ Cohen recommended that, that executive assistants keep a running list of questions. Um, she calls hers must get answers now, um, which is a Google doc and that she basically shares that um, with her executives to ensure that she's addressing what's most top of mind for them. So again, I mean, it seems like the theme here is really understanding that priorities have shifted um, recognizing that there's a new set of demands on the plate of your executive, whether it's home life or, uh, or their uh, executive business life. And also, as you would do if you were working in office, being that touch point with your executive's direct reports to get a feel and take the temperature of how teams are doing and communicating that up to your executives so that they're aware of what's happening within their organization um, during this time. We had another question, which was, what do we think about remote positions moving forward? Do we think that there will be more of them? So this is an interesting one. Um, obviously, we don't have a crystal ball. Uh, none of us do. But I, I think that there's an interesting shift that's happening in that many industries are, whether they had previously embraced uh, a flexible policy are by necessity being forced to do so now. And I think there's a really interesting experiment happening, which is, you know, how are we managing productivity? How are we managing things like collaboration? Um, how are we managing communication? And I think that to the extent that employers and teams can see that they're able to get things done um, while sheltering in place, I wouldn't be surprised to see the pendulum shift a little bit more in the direction of um, flexibility. This is a total hypothesis on my part, but I think there's a number <laughs> of, um, of, of potential reasons why that, why that might happen. I think, you know, first and foremost, it's no secret that the millennial workforce by and large prefers flexibility and um, the uh, you know discretion and being able to um, map out their own schedule and that it's even in research that you know millennials are willing to take a, a modest pay cut in exchange for greater flexibility so to that extent um, you know if, if we're able to demonstrate that we can keep business continuity going and that things are not falling apart during this time why not, right? I, I, I could totally see that shift happening, um, especially as employers try to continue to further um, appeal to that millennial mindset. Um, I also think that there's a good argument from a cost savings perspective, not just because people might be willing to take a little bit less in pay, but also because it costs less if you have a smaller workforce physically, right? It means that you can downgrade um, your space a little bit. Maybe you don't have to have 5,000 square feet. You can get by with 3,000 square feet. Um, certainly, you're saving on things like snacks and office amenities and, you know, lunches and things of this nature. So, I would, again, not be entirely surprised to see um, 
companies adopt a little bit more flexibility. I don't think that we're going to get to a place where, you know, we have 100% adoption of a remote workforce. I think that's still kind of an aggressive stance. Um, and I think that a lot of us are also feeling kind of the sadness a little bit um, and, and the, the void that comes with not having colleagues and coworkers. So for those reasons, I don't think that we're going to see a complete, you know, um, remote adoption. But yeah, my prediction that there'll be a little bit more flexibility. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with you on that, Jessica. And you make a really good point too, especially about people missing just everyday human interaction. And while the water cooler Slack channel is great in the interim to talk with your employees as we all work remotely. It just doesn't replace the same effect as laughing with your coworkers at the water cooler. Um, exactly. But I also, yeah, and I, but I also see from you know an offer negotiation standpoint. You know, I have seen even before the lockdown where employers get creative with you know, the total offer package where they integrate the opportunity to work from home a little bit to accommodate those EAs who are parents um, to have that flexibility. Um, so I can also see employers being more open and receptive to integrating work from home into a candidate's, you know, work schedule. Yeah. Well, I think what's been so interesting to see, and I, I know you can, um, I'm sure can agree with this too, Jill, is just seeing that even among our clients, those who historically have been more, I guess, let's just say traditional or, or more kind of strict about a mandated, you know, five day, 40 plus hour uh, work week in office. It's so interesting to see some of them um, now fully embracing or having to embrace this remote um, setup. And it'll be so mm -hmm. fascinating to see once all of this is said and done, you know, what they adopt as far as an, a, a, new, a new habit or a new pattern. I'm really curious to see when all the dust settles, you know, where, where the thinking is and where the collective mindset comes to, comes to rest. Uh, the next question is, how do I stand out as a job seeker and secure a job during this time? And Jill, I would love for you to, uh, to take a stab at that one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before I was a, a director of accounts and growth, I was a recruiter at Maven. And I think, you know, the same best tips goes quarantine or not. And it really does boil to preparation. Um, we have to keep in mind that this is now an employer's market and it's no longer a candidate's market. So you really have to take it upon yourself to prepare and do research on the company, prepare for the interview and see how is the company responding to COVID-19? What are they doing right now? And more importantly, what can I do to support this company during a time like this? This isn't the time to be thinking about what you can do for me, employer, but rather mm -hmm. what I can do for you. And mm -hmm. that same mentality is going for everyone, including for us as we service our clients at Maven, because the ball's in the employer's court right now. So you have to really be shifting the types of questions that you're asking employers in interviews. So bottom line, doing your research on the company, preparing for the interview and taking into consideration what's happening with the current environment. Um, you also want to, you know, personalize your follow-up. Send thank you notes and thank you emails. Those definitely aren't dead and it makes you stand out amongst the crowd. You know, why don't you include a little antidote of what you enjoyed in the, in the meeting and remind them the value that you can add to the team during a time like this. Um, 
but also more importantly, dress the part. Um, I wake up every morning and I dress to work because mentally I feel in a completely different state. So if you have your lucky interview outfit, put that on, put that on, dress the part because when you do, you'll feel that much more prepared mentally and physically for your interview. These things are all about, you know, mental preparation and, um, and, and really getting in the mindset of success, which is exactly. absolutely critical right now. Yeah, exactly. But I'm also going to level with you and also share that, you know, finding a job is going to be difficult during this time. I mean, the best thing, the best example I can give out there is, look, before we used to all be able to buy toilet paper and we only go to one store and then boom, we have the option to choose <laughs> Angel Soft or Charmin, right? right like, ooh, right. I have offer one, offer two. Nowadays, you have to go to hopefully, you know, five different stores and, and hopefully you'll find a piece of toilet paper, right? It's, that's the type of, you know, tenacity and persistence that you're going to have to apply in today's job market. You're going to have to double the amount of applications that you send out there, personalize each and every step along the way to really make yourself stand out amongst the crowd. And most importantly, you also got to manage, you know, the desperation and emotional stress. Like, yes, you know, you do need a job and yes, things feel uncertain, but regardless if we are quarantined or not, um, employers love hiring people who are composed, confident, level-headed, who personally care about the company and take the time to do that research. So that's why I say, you know, regardless of the time that we're in right now, these are just basic principles that you need to embrace anytime you embark on a job. The second thing is, you know, going back to what you said, Jill, about, you know, the types of questions that you ask, you really need to position yourself as a resource, as someone who's going to resolve issues and be able to remove obstacles and it really goes into you know how you present in the interview the types of questions that you're asking if you're presenting as someone that's going to be needy or require a lot of energy on the part of the executive in order to get up to speed people are drained right now they are they are afraid they're tapped they don't have the same level of reserves that they might have in a, in a, in a, in a normal time or a normal period for all of the reasons that we've already discussed so again don't come across as a candidate who's going to deplete them further come across as the glass of water in the desert that they've been looking for and, and, and wandering around for miles looking, looking for. That's how you need to show up. So Jessica, um, this question is, if I take an entry-level position, for example, a remote receptionist job as an established office manager, will this decision hurt me in the future? Here's the thing. Being able to pay your rent, being able to pay your mortgage, being able to put food on the table, that's a good luck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is a very good luck. It's a very good luck, right? There is no shame in that game. And I think that while I completely understand the question and completely can sympathize with the individual who's, who's saying, God, I don't want this you know, economic um, situation to caused me to take a step back in my career. I totally understand that. I completely understand that concern. And on the other hand, we all have to do what we have to do. So would it be my, my recommendation that that be the first thing that you do? No. But you know, if you've cast a net and you're being diligent in your search and that's what's coming to fruition for you, 
then there is really no shame in that. And having been through the last economic crisis, the one that we went through in you know, 2008 to 2010, I can't tell you how many incredible, incredible, incredible candidates came across my desk um, whose resumes were really just littered with the story of the recession, the story of, you know, layoffs, or the story of I survived two or three rounds, but ultimately, you know, was in the fourth round of layoffs. And these were incredible people who had to make tough calls about the, 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 the direction that their career went on a temporary basis. And people understood, you know, there was a level of, um, I think, humility and a level of compassion, and there was a little bit of grace um, that was extended to people who went through that period. So if the same thing should come to pass, I believe that the same um, understanding will, will be extended as well. Yeah, I love that advice, Jessica, and, and the way that you, you know, conveyed that this isn't an easy time, but I also want to remind people that, you know, this isn't a forever situation that we're in right now, and neither will this you know, remote receptionist position, taking a step back in your career in order to provide for your family and for yourself, you know, you may have the opportunity to also grow with this company into an office manager role and if mm -hmm. not, possibly other opportunities because yep. if you're able to add value to this company, again, with that mindset of what can I do for my employer right now or my future employer, during a crisis time like this, they're going to remember that and perhaps might be able to fast track your growth once all of this corona dust settles. So yep. this isn't a forever thing. This is a temporary thing. And, you know, look at it in that perspective. Totally. Totally agree. We had another question, uh, which was, how do I stay productive within my remote job while simultaneously coping with my own stress and anxiety? Yeah, I would actually love to take a little bit of Lord Richard's advice here, which is, you know, don't forget to take care of yourself too, right? I mean, you are, it is your job to take care of your executive and your teams right now, but you got to also take care of yourself too, because if you're not well, how can you take care of others too? So, you know, get, get a walk in. I like to take a break in my day and walk Charlie and talk to my partner. So, you know, get some vitamin D. Um, you know, also seek out, you know, different apps and meditation apps, um, you know, calm, utilize wellness apps. Um, just the other week, I hosted a boot camp for my team um, via Zoom. So we got a nice 30 minute pump in. So take care of yourself, be active because it's so easy to just be glued to your desk. And I'm guilty of this and get mm -hmm. through the day and just completely work. You know, you also have to be really attuned to how you are physically. So are you eating well? Are you getting in the proper nutrition that you need? Are you sleeping well? You know, are you drinking too much coffee? Are you hydrating enough? You know, really making sure that you're intaking the right, you know, supplements and nutrition to be able to fuel your body during this emotional and, and difficult time. You also got to set boundaries. So, you know, there is a lot of news that goes on throughout the day. Don't let it be a part of your work day. If you are, you know, emotionally stressed and you have anxiety, you know, create some boundaries with the amount of time that you're reading the news, listening to the news. For me, I hop on a treadmill and 30 minutes in the morning, I read all my news articles, business, 
and job related and then that's it. Then I'm focused and I have 110% of my mind on my team and on my clients. And, you know, we are all... We are all challenged to find a sense of, uh, of, of peace and normalcy in the situation. So um, make sure that you're doing your due diligence to, to create that space for yourself. Um, like Jill said, as you would with your executive. We had another person write in and say, how can I get comfortable accepting a job without having met my potential boss or team, as well as how can I get comfortable onboarding remotely? This is a really relevant question, um, and one that, that we actually tackled recently um, as well in a, in a blog of ours. If you're interested, you can um, read the latest uh, at www.mavenrec.com backslash blog. We put together a, a, a number of articles and content that deal with the idea of remote onboarding. But I think that for, for the most part, um, we need to kind of relinquish the, the, the old for the, for the time being and embrace that there's a new normal for the foreseeable future. None of us knows how long it's gonna be. So I think that holding on to a version of, of our reality um, that is now outdated is really not serving our best interest. It's also not serving our progress. It's not serving our growth. So I think we just need to embrace and accept that there's a new normal. Um, so to that point, you know, if you're looking at how do I assess an environment that I don't actually get to see for myself, um, I would really encourage you as you're preparing for an interview to think about what would I normally get out of going on site, right? What is it that, that, that you enjoy or look forward to? Is it getting a sense of the buzz or the energy? Um, is it getting a sense of the formality or lack of formality of the work environment? Um, is it getting a sense of the space plan and the floor plan and kind of how people interact and navigate the space? Is it getting a sense of the neighborhood and understanding, okay, you know, what is in the immediate proximity of this, of this company? Um, how close is it to, you know, cafes and walking areas? How, how will my commute look like, right? Really asking yourself, what is it that you would normally get and how else might you be able to extract that information? Um, you are resourceful. That's why you do what you do, right? So how else can we, can we think about these things? And we actually had a candidate recently who was, who was dealing with this very thing and this, this very conundrum of, oh my gosh, how do I you know, get a sense of this culture? And so I think very intelligently, our client um, suggested that she speak to the, what was it, Jill, was the head of, of people in spaces, the person who yeah. basically oversees culture. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I thought, what a smart, what a smart way of um, approximating that information and, and hearing from that person about the programs that are in place and the types of activities and the types of um, uh, things that, that they offer, right, under normal circumstances. So again, really ask yourself first and foremost, what are you looking to understand and how else can you tap into that knowledge base? Um, I think it's also really valuable, you know, if, if things like culture or team building or, uh, you know, uh, I think culture really matters to you, you know, asking the potential employer, how are you currently managing company morale? How are you guys adjusting? Um, what programs or resources have you put in place during this time? These things are going to say a lot about culture. And if you're not able to actually see the culture firsthand, maybe asking about how they are addressing some of these situations 
in the absence of having a physical office will give you that indication. Absolutely. And those, that was one of the successful offers that we landed this month alone. And the candidate even took it upon herself to do her own research, look for photos online, um, ask descriptive questions with the client about, you know, what was the latest company happy hour, what happened. So you just got to get really descriptive in, in the way that you ask for information to paint that vivid picture in your head because that's what we do for our candidates as well as we ask our clients to paint a vivid picture for us so we can convey that to our candidates and the reality of it as well Jessica I love that you pointed it out that this is the new norm that we are dealing with right now and to me on the client side it doesn't seem like employers are stopping the momentum of moving their business forward um, by putting interviews on a halt. No, that's absolutely not the case. So don't let, you know, COVID-19 control your own destiny, especially if you are actively in, in these interview rounds, and especially if you're nearing an offer. Because remind yourself in the first place, why were you looking? Um, what prompted you to look for a new job? Is that situation going to change once all this settles and Corona is done? No, probably not. The, the, think about the reason why you started looking for a job in the first place and, and direct your energy in that direction. So I think as, as we uh, wrap up this, this episode, um, it is not to say that we are not uh, aware of the challenges. It is not to say that, you know, that there is not real anxiety and, 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 and legitimate concern out there. But again, I think that what we're trying to say is uh, keep these in check as best you can. That as our as our um, podcasters suggested, you know, find ways to stay relevant, find ways to be indispensable. Um, if I had to put it in my own language, you know, Jill, like when when this initially happened, you know, you reached out to me and basically said you know, whatever, whatever's going on, you know, I've got your back, that, um, you know, we are going to see this through, that there's solidarity, that, that, you know, I am um, behind you fully, I support you, I have confidence in your leadership, confidence in your direction. If I can't tell you how significant and meaningful those words were to me, Jill. And I think that, you know, if, if our listeners can also share a similar sentiment, with their executives or the businesses that they support and operate in. Um, that is so incredibly meaningful right now in a climate where business owners, executives are really feeling beleaguered and just drained by all of the tough calls and tough decisions that they're having to make. So if you can be that ride or die person, <laughs> that's, that's really, you know, that is how you want to show up. This is a ride or die time. And um, so thank you, Jill, for, for what you said, because that, that, that heart that heart comes through and that's what people need right now is they need heart and they need support. So yep. we got you listeners. We are here for you and we know that you're hurting, but your community is here for you. Um, just the fact that everybody rallied in this way to extend their support and extend their knowledge hopefully gives you a sense of comfort in knowing that you are not alone. So thank you for listening. Jill, thank you for being a part of this. And My pleasure. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. 
Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. You can learn more about Maven at www.mavenrec.com. Thank you.